Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Well, welcome everyone as we join on this Valentine's Sunday. Joy to be together and we have a special Sunday plan for you. We have today uh, three guests. We thought we would take a step away from the traditional plans that normally churches do on Valentine's, and that is where we just focus on our sweethearts. So do focus on your sweetheart. Don't neglect them today. Uh, Laurie and I, we've got a plan to have something special to eat. Uh, We're fighting over where that's going to be because we disagree on that. But having said that, we are going to, um, we're going to celebrate. So do that. But I was very aware that we have a number of you who are single, single men, single women, uh, who've married, who've not married, uh, with varying situations. And we wanted to bring Valentine's because Valentine's (laughs) is fundamentally about love. And we don't understand love unless we can really grasp God's love for us and how his love takes us through situations in life. So the three women we've invited here today are those that we're going to Uh, be sharing. They're going to be sharing a little bit of their story, and I've got a few questions to be asking them. So I'm just going to do a a bit of a bio for these women. And the first one is I'm going to introduce is Michelle Berzowski. Michelle, say something so people can see your face. Hi. (laughs) Okay. And some of you may recognize Michelle joined us about uh, three years ago at Aurora Cornerstone. She was with us. She served in a number of capacities, especially in the children's ministry. And Michelle, follower of Christ since 1989, she's ministered with youth and children for over 30 years, uh, more recently in ministering to women across Canada and the United States. Uh, She's passionate for Christ, and yet her passion comes out of brokenness out of her own personal life experience where she went through an unwanted divorce, struggling with rejection due to a spouse's unfaithfulness and addictions, and then raising two sons, who both of them are adults now, and readjusting into a life of ministry through healing and brokenness. So Michelle's mm-hmm. gonna be sharing a bit of her story today. The other one, I'm just bringing their, uh, their bios up here. I want to... Um, Oh, I came back to the same one. Going to introduce Carolyn. And Carolyn, just say hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and so Carolyn uh, came to us about uh, 17, 18 years ago in the church I was pastoring. She was uh, a key part of the ministry of that church for years. She would eventually serve as my missions director, uh, involved in her cleansing stream ministry. But Carolyn Her life before Christ was just living fully for the world. She was successful by all standards. Uh, She she says that uh, she was a chameleon. She could change her ways to fit whatever her surroundings. Uh, She could be with Satan's Choice biker clubs or be in the boardroom meetings the very next day. She was a professional and she was also very much in this world. And her journey to what? To freedom in Christ has been a journey of God's love. And so her love, she's going to be sharing a little bit of that story today. And then last but not least is our dear Michaela. Michaela, say hi. Hi, everyone. 
Michaela, Michaela Brooks. She, uh, I've known Michaela for a number of years, her family, her brothers, and she's a mother of two-year-old son, Ezra. She grew up in a Christian home, experienced God at an early age. Um, like many face the trials of life through God-given revelation, she now shares publicly. And I like what she said. This is why I want to pull this up. How uh, She describes herself as this, young, driven, and radical for Christ. That's how she <laughs> describes herself. So I had to put that in there. <laughs> young, driven, and radical for Christ. But that didn't come easily. And that has been a journey for Michaela. And Michaela, I know you've got a story that's going to be touching people's lives this morning. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us as well. So I want to uh, begin with the scripture, and it's really the foundational scripture. I thought maybe Lori would just read the scripture from 1 John 4, 18 and 19 from the Message Bible. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love uh, banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, uh, is one not fully not yet fully formed in love. We, though, are going to love, loved and be loved. First, we're loved. Now we love. He loves. He loved us first. And that is from the message. So really the theme mm -hmm. has been today around the part, um, we are going to love because he first loved us. First, we were loved. Now we love. And I like that. First, he gave. And then out of that, we have something to give. That's a beautiful picture. And so um, from that, I want to just, uh, first question, I'm going to be asking each of you. I'm going to begin, uh, Michaela. Uh, where have you in your life in these 20, is it 24 years? Yes. 24 years. In these 24 years, and yet I, mad, I bet it feels like you've lived like probably tw double that. Trust me, it has. <laughs> <laughs> so where has been some of your greatest struggles feeling loved by God maybe feeling loved by others and what happened to turn that around maybe just take a moment and tell us that well my greatest struggle and I still this to today um, is accepting my calling at a young age I came to God and that I'll be speaking in front of people. Um, but I'm a very shy person. I'm very introverted. So when people would tell me that, I, would, I wouldn't want that for me. And I'd always question God, like, why, why is that for me? Why did you cause me to do that? And the opposition that I would face would always be great. And I would have friends who are my age who would have different callings, and they would run from God, but I wouldn't see the great opposition that I would see in my life. And it bothered me. I found it to be unfair. Um, some of the situations that I've been through, it was literally life and death. Um, I've faced, I faced so many betrayals and friendships. I've faced sexual assault. Um, I faced, I faced a lot of things. Um, and I'm only 24. And so I'd always question, like, God, why, why did you give me this calling? Take it away. And there's moments where I was angry with God because they say new levels, new devils. Be in, be taking me deeper in my, in my spiritual walk, but I'd always be faced with 
with something that felt almost near impossible to bear. Um, and it's at my lowest point. I remember I had never been introduced to the scripture verse before, but I think it's First um, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you. That is, God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the mm-hmm. temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And the Holy Spirit has always reminded me that when it comes to <clears throat> endurance, patience, all that is, is being cultivated when you go through trials and tribulations. And I, he always reminded me of Paul, um, someone whose life was changed around and turned around just so he could suffer for God's name. And so whenever I face trials and, and opposition, I'm always reminded that, okay, the, the end result is going to be greater than what I'm going through. And although I'm young, there's a reason why I'm going through it at a young age and not later in my life. Um, it is a struggle because, so, like I said, you want to be young. You want to go and live your life and be free and be happy. And, and there are certain things that God is telling me, no, he wants me to be in this moment, in this season of isolation, or maybe in this season where I'm fasting and praying while my friends are not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, God, it's not fair. But when you suffer for God's name, the, the outcome, the result is so great. It's greater than you could ever imagine. You could ever think, right? Um, I think it's in Jeremiah, God says that his plans for us are not to harm us, but to give us hope in the future. My hope for myself is, is extremely less of what God, God's hope for me is. I can't even imagine what his plan is worth is for me. And when I hear it, I always think, well, God, I'm, I'm too weak to do that. Who am I to go on stage and who am I to speak to the people? Even this opportunity right now, I know it's God sent. I know it's God ordained. But if you had asked me four years ago, I would have said no to this because I don't like to talk to people. I'm very quiet. I'm very preserved. Um, but God has given me revelations and he's, he's, he's exposing me and he's telling me it's time to share them. And so it's in the moments of my weakness that I'm reminded that, yes, I'm weak, but he's strong. And I get my Amen. strength from him. Yes. And, you know, um, I can uh, testify to that because I know four years ago, <laughs> If I had talked to you, because <laughs> I knew you well four years ago, four years ago, um, yeah, I don't think we'd be having this uh, uh, time together and sharing. And so, um, and it's because I've seen your presence on social media, uh, just reaching out and, and impacting people. I've, I've uh, I reached out to you because I really think your story, and I've noticed particularly since your son came into your life, Ezra, yeah. that it kind of, there's a turn there too. And so I'm going to go to Michelle and ask the same question. Michelle, you've gone through some real struggles. Where have, where has God and others played a role in that? What was the turning point in your life? I think uh, in regards to when you go through dark seasons or um, just painful seasons in your life, when you've prayed and really sought the face of God for a different outcome than actually what happened, It's not the fact that I went through, I don't trust you, Lord. I still sought him because I prayed and fasted so long um, and really sought the Lord for my marriage to be healed and restored. And the Lord, through his grace and mercy, showed me, Michelle, like my, my will for you was to see that restored, but I can't force my will on someone. He gives that free will. 
And that was a, that was a process for me to understand that. Um, I think where I struggled with uh, love towards people loving towards me was obviously when you face betrayal and faithfulness, you tend to take that inward and think it's you. When reality, um, what kind of set me free was one day, I knew that the Lord knew I was struggling with it very hard. And it was a private thing between him and I and, and a couple of friends I was sharing with. And um, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Michelle, he said, in my word, I've told you. He said that um, if, like no servant is greater than his master. And if they've persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they don't love me, they're not going to love you. And the reality was is that um, because I was still staying with Christ and I was choosing that road um, and my former spouse didn't want that anymore and walked away. And he was a very anointed man, an incredible uh, preacher um, and a gifted communicator as well. Um, that was a very difficult road to see and for my boys to see that and for us to go through that. But in the middle of that, God was incredibly faithful. Um, we were blessed to be a part of an amazing church, Lakeshore Community Church. I'm going to put a plug in for them in Sarnia. Um, they, like Aurora Cornerstone, were amazing and did not judge us. They even made it a place of grace um, for um, my former spouse to come back. If, you know, like in the sense like, here, our arms are open to you. We want to see God's best in your life. I was so appreciative of that. They weren't taking sides. Um, because it was very private. It was held only with leadership um, because we wanted our children to be protected as well. And, uh, but I appreciated the grace they extended to the one who was walking away. I appreciate they didn't judge me. I also appreciated the fact how God used um, his word and he used individuals to be such a tremendous blessing to us emotionally, spiritually, as well as financially. And I have a cute story. My oldest son at this time, um, it's now we're a couple years into the separation. Now divorce proceedings are happening. And my boys at this point weren't communicating with their dad. And so my oldest had a football game. And if anybody who's had a child in football knows that um, it's freezing cold when that season happens outside. And so um, Michael was, when there was most dads on the sidelines, side you know, every young man feels that. Four men from my church didn't even tell me they showed up to his game, rooting from the sidelines. One of them almost got kicked out because he was <laughs> chiding the ref. <laughs> and so, but they were like saying, go Mike, go. And um, it was freezing cold. And Mike maybe played 20 minutes in that game, but they were encouraging him and telling him just to, you know, you're doing a great job. And that blessed me. And those are some of the things that really, God used, God uses the body of Christ. And I would encourage anybody who has any single parents, whether a dad or a mom in your church, you know, do those practical things because those are the things that really change a child's heart and helps them see that, you know what, um, and keeps uh, the powers of darkness from spreading his lies, especially in your children's minds because they're hurting during that divorce time. And it was so good just to have that undergirding of, and scaffolding of people coming along and just saying, hey, we're here, what can we do? As well as, which is very important, extending grace to the one who's departed from the faith mm. with open arms, saying, we love you enough, to, we have to hold truth, but at the same point, we've all fallen short of, of, of everything. We're not judging you, 
And, uh, and they're still that way. I'm sure if um, my former spouse walked in and said, Hey, you know what, I just I want to get right with the Lord, um, they would extend open arms, which I think we need to be. Um, and, but to be real, there were times I didn't want that. <laughs> I was like, no, um, because we were in deep pain. You know, now we're on the other side of pain. But when you're going through it, it's pretty hard. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's tremendous. You had a lot in that. And I like what you said, <laughs> about, um, demonstrating grace, uh, mm-hmm. but holding on to truth. I like what you said there. Yes. And, and yes. so you don't have to abandon truth to demonstrate grace. And how many times there's an expression now is very popular, messy grace. And, mm-hmm. uh, and to understand grace yeah. is messy. Uh, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Um, yeah. And to be able to, and I like the part where on the other end, uh, you know, you, you haven't always had that wonderful feeling of forgiveness in your spirit, <laughs> but no. it's not about feeling it, right? I mean, it, it's really yeah. about knowing how much we are forgiven so we can forgive. And it is, uh, it's a journey of forgiveness. And, and I just want to speak into that as well, Michelle, when you talked about the body of Christ being the scaffolding, never thought of it that way. That it really is, is. We really, as a body of Christ, we really need to step up to love, um, yes. give that grace, um, extend that, that olive branch and, and, rest, and restorative. So the scaffolding is, takes on a whole new emphasis. Thank you. Yeah. Great. Well, Carolyn, um, the, the struggle that you've gone through regarding feeling the love of God, how did that flow through others? Uh, was there a key turning point that brought you to where you have discovered something, maybe where you are now? Okay. I would say, um, so I became a Christian when I was 38. And uh, my entire life, I really struggled with a core sense of rejection And um, so it left me struggling and really trying to perform and be good enough. Uh, But I kind of lived under this cloud of condemnation. It was a continual play-by-play of everything I did wrong and said wrong and just everything wrong with me. A lot of guilt and shame uh, for things that I had done in my life. And um, so I, I was really worked hard to excel, even in high school and sports and academics, whatever I did, I, I wanted to do it exceedingly well because I was trying to find my value or worth in the things that I did. Mm. And, um, but it just, it never satisfied. You could never fill the hole. You could never be good enough. And eventually that led me into drugs and alcohol and, and just a kind of a wild life because I just, I, I was just trying to feel the pain and um, find reprieve. And uh, so anyway, it was just God by his spirit drawing me on a bit of a wild adventure, but it eventually took me to Alliston and Alliston Pentecostal church. And I was just a, a broken mess when I got there. I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't know anything about God. I mean, Santa was about, you know, Christmas was about Santa Easter was about the Easter Bunny. I knew nothing. It really amazes me when I think back, like growing up in Canada, that I, I could be in that place. But um, um, so my turning point was just the spirit leading me into the church. And it was the love. It was the acceptance, the love of the body of believers. Just, and it was, it was really overwhelming I, I ran like I just would as much as I was drawn to it I was running from it 
but there were women in that church that were relentless. I mean, they just pursued me. Uh, another key turning point for me truly was a ministry of healing that Pastor Wayne had brought um, to Alliston Pentecostal Church. It was called Cleansing Streams. And I just got so much relief. It was really the beginning of my healing journey. I always thought that all of my thoughts were my own. I didn't realize anything about spiritual battles. And when my eyes were open to that, wow, I mean, I, I could now kind of stand and, and fight. But um, so I guess the key turning point for me was the love of God being poured out through the, the church. They just continually loved on me and prayed with me and encouraged me. It's like they could see things in me that I, I could never see. Yeah. So that's, you know, but, and, and uh, I'm sure there are a number who are listening who will identify with that. And I know there are others who are saying, well, how come, you know, I haven't experienced that kind of affection. You know, I was there and I was kind of lost in the crowd. Um, and here's, here's the one thing though, Carolyn, I think is true as well. We as a body, it's important to reach out. Look for people. Pray that God would lead you to somebody, not just in the context of the body, but anywhere. They could be somebody that once we get out of quarantine, they would lead us maybe maybe in a restaurant or or that we are working maybe a, the other part of the cubicles where we're working or on the assembly line. But the other thing too, Carolyn, you reached out. I, you were one who reached out. Uh, it's okay to ask for help. And sometimes we feel like we have been judged and nobody cares. But sadly to say, sometimes a little bit of the onus is on us. Just would you, would you reach out to somebody? If there is a small group, um, show up, ask about it. Uh, if there is a, a meeting, if you can come a few minutes early, introduce yourself, take a little bit of extra effort to do that. If you don't, then, then the, the enemy will really beat you up. He will really be, that nobody cares. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's so much that nobody cares. He will just play on that. And so I know with Carolyn, you did reach out. You did, uh, you showed up, you were hungry. Oh my goodness. Before we came on the uh, recording, I was saying, Car Carolyn, because I was asking, you know, talking about, you know, these uh, Michelle, you know, a part of our church, and she never gave me a moment's trouble. And Carolyn piped in and said, I gave you constant trouble. And she did. And it was great trouble because she was like a blazing fire. And I had to keep throwing buckets of water on her because she was like setting to fire everything. And, and, but you were hungry. And that hunger went before you, Carolyn. That's a blessing. That's way to go. And I'm going to encourage others who are hearing this. Um, you know, you don't always have to be the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, but squeak a little. Uh, sometimes, <laughs> really, like we reach out, reach out, and and don't let the enemy defeat you in those moments. Uh, so, um, so anyway, thank you for sharing that, Carolyn. Um, second question, I'm going to start with you, Carolyn. Uh, you've made mention a little bit, but what part did people play? in the transformation of your life about understanding God's love. And this is all about the love of God. So um, sometimes somebody has played a bad part. Like you've already got, we don't want names here, but, no, no. but somebody has, you know, something happened that turned you away or something happened that turned you towards him. And so, uh, mm -hmm. Carolyn, was there anything that stands out in your mind? 
Yeah, it, I remember we were coming back from a cleansing stream retreat, maybe in Cambridge, and I was riding in the back of a vehicle with a, another lady who had been ministering at the retreat. I was ministering at the retreat, um, but I was still, you know, needing in need of a lot of healing myself. And um, there was she was ministering in the back seat of the car to me, and the revelation that I had was that I couldn't receive the love of God because I didn't trust him and it sounds simple but because I, I just I mean I knew it in my head but I just I could not receive his love and the revelation that came through this time of prayer with a friend was that I don't trust God because some really difficult things had happened in my life and I remember saying God like if you love me you you would have been there, but you weren't there. I mean, what kind of God could have allowed these things to happen? But then he, the next morning, it was a Sunday morning, and we would be sharing at church about our, our time at the retreat. And I remember lying in bed, kind of going back to an old memory and just saying, Lord, where were you? Like, how could you abandon me in this place? And he showed himself to me. And he was, he was not only was he there, but he revealed to me his, the enormous pain that he felt for what, you know, kind of what I endured. Like he, he suffered so much more than I did in, in my suffering. And it just kind of shattered this plate glass that God had left me. He had abandoned me. Um, and then the love of God could start to minister. So I, I just, healing and prayer ministry was instrumental. It was very key, I think, in my journey. But again, it was the love of, of, I mean, you, Pastor Wayne and Lori, and just walking me through such a difficult season, so many lies that I had believed. It was really the love of the body of believers that just nurtured me. And I mean, I had so many questions. I didn't know, I didn't know anything. And everybody was just so patient and loving and kind with me. So I, again, I just attribute it to healing ministry, the drawing of the spirit and the love being poured out through the body of Christ. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. And I really like what you've had to say there in regard to uh, healing ministry. And because you embraced that uh, healing ministry where you would find healing and that inner healing was so important to you. So. And it felt, it felt like it would never end. Honestly, I just felt so broken. I felt so shattered. I just remember thinking like, Lord, will I ever, ever be able to really serve you in any capacity? Because I just felt so terribly broken. And, um, and he just kept going deeper and deeper. And, and he's, still, he's still going deeper. It's, it's not done yet. But I have to tell you, the primary work I'm doing now in Ukraine, I'm at a rehab center. And at the center, it's, it's men and women who know Jesus, have been water baptized, and many of them Amen. filled in the spirit, and yet they um, continually relapse over and over again. And I just felt it was God's will to do healing, prayer, deliverance ministry with them. And uh, so the pastor not only gave me permission, he gave me my own classroom, like an, my own prayer ministry room. And now he's opened it up to the church. I've got pastors coming to me from other churches. Like I, I'm, I'm just flabbergasted because I mean, I'm not that wildly skilled. I just believe Jesus wants to heal. 
That's why he came. So we, we've called yes. our ministry Isaiah 61. <laughs> it's he came to bind up the brokenhearted and to set the captives free and release the prisoners from darkness. And I stand on it. I'm not doing the healing. It's he's doing it. I'm just entering and believing. That's what he wants for everybody who has the courage to come forward and receive. That's tremendous. You know, you you reminded me of an expression that God has been just speaking to my heart recently about and it's the phrase this i got it from jack frost embrace experiencing the father's embrace and it's called sinning against god's love sinning against god's love and when i began to understand that my sin whatever it is even sins of omission that it's not simply sinning against me or sinning against my family or others i'm actually sinning against the highest measure of god's love for me i've sinned against god's love it's almost like i've disappointed god and his love has just been so there all the time. Mm-hmm. And anyway, it's a powerful uh, realization that his love is so embracing and so encompassing. So Michelle, uh, I'm gonna go to you with that question. A person <laughs> or people played a key role one way or the other in how God's love was demonstrated to you. I think like I said before, how the church was there for um, me and the boys. Um, but I would go back to when I was first saved at Calvary Pentecostal Church in Woodstock. My mom, my sister, and I, um, we were living in Ontario housing because um, my stepfather had um, a severe alcohol problem, so the money was not there. And I never really knew a father's love, nor did my sister. And so not knowing till years later after my divorce, I was really carrying a spirit of rejection I came into it with my marriage and then it was compounded by obviously uh, the divorce. Um, I had to deal with that. And it was amazing. Like Carolyn, I can't, I can't, we can never underestimate the body of Christ. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but Jesus uses it, uses people to really come alongside us, to show us love, to show us patience. Um, I never even knew how to do a thank you card. And I had gracious women after I was married that showed me because those skills weren't there. There was practical skills. There was also um, like Carolyn, there was amazing spirit filled people that knew how to pray. And uh, you know, and then at the last season here of our lives, um, my church in Sarnia, Ontario, they were incredible because there was some gifted counselors on staff that really came alongside me and my boys and helped us when we were broken and hurting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I would walk outside and someone had tucked a little gift card to a grocery store on my window shield. Um, not knowing that, you know, that was an immense help because if anybody's raised teenage boys out there, they know how much they eat. And so it was just wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. And just those little things that, like I said to Lori before the scaffolding, Scaffolding is not to be a permanent structure. It's just there when you need it. And I believe until the day the Lord takes us home, he always brings scaffolding people in our lives, but we also become that for others as well. So, yeah. Wow. That's a great word. Yeah. Whoa. Where do we start with that? Okay. <laughs> Thank you. And um, so Michaela, um, you're a young mom, two-year-old son. Uh, you, um, You've, you've had some wandering times in there in the, those 24 years, um, and yet here you are, uh, raising a son, going on. You're, you're in school. You just, we just got back minutes before this uh, uh, Zoom from school, getting books. You're working to, to get hired, to move on in professional life. 
Uh, you're working at Baxter's and Allison, which is a, a plant um, on the factory line. You're working crazy hours, night shifts, uh, raising a son. You have a family that's looking after your son. You're at home now, you move back home. Uh, mom and dad, uh, they're in the home. And, and so, Michaela, uh, has there been, for good and bad, or bad, uh, how have people or a person influenced you to understanding God's love? I'm like about to tear up just thinking about this person. Not to sound cheesy, but my mom, my mom is my, is like, she is the one. And she played both parts. She, uh, when I was younger, my mom used to be a yeller. And I don't respond well to yelling. I never did. And I would always tell my parents, I can hear you just fine if you speak. <laughs> if you speak just like regular people speak. You know, I don't hear you any better if you yell. Um, but it never got through. It never did. And I mean, like, I would be 18 years old, 19. And I don't remember exactly the age that I was at. But um, my mom came to me and she said the Holy Spirit told her exactly what I said that you know Michaela doesn't it doesn't help her when you're yelling what you're saying the content of what you're saying the context is great but the delivery it's it's not it's not getting through to her and so going through what I went through the sexual assault was at a young age um, and I hadn't spoke to anyone about it actually until I was 19 I think or 18 um, and the person was close to my family so I had to see them on a day-to-day basis and I didn't realize the effects that it had on me and my mom not knowing she would she would see how we would communicate with that me and that person and urge me to try to you know be a little positive and be you know try to be Christ-like towards them not knowing the situation that had happened um but it was because of those moments that I found that actually pushed me away. Um, and it made me angry with God as well, because he knew what happened. He knew all of this. And I'm like, okay, God, why don't you tell them so that they could help me in the situation? Um, but the Holy Spirit actually led me to tell my parents about it. Um, and just me, I remember having smoking weed and doing drugs and it led to so many different things. And my mom, Throughout everything, she prayed. She prayed when I didn't want her to pray. She prayed when I wanted her to pray. And uh, <laughs> and it's the intercession. God really opened my eyes and showed me that someone who intercedes for you, they really do take the blow for you. I remember seeing um, the physical manifestations of the spiritual attacks on my mother that were supposed to be for me, but actually were implicated on her. Um, I would see her health literally be be going downhill and having been revealed to me and to her that that was supposed to be for me it was it's it's a burden because um I had turned away from my faith when all that happened and I was running in direction that was not not in God's way I I was in a same-sex relationship um I was doing drugs and 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 all of that and then I had gotten pregnant and all of this was going on in my mom. She was just praying, praying, fasting and praying. And I'm talking about months, not weeks, not days, months. When I wasn't even home when, and she would invite me to go to church and I would say no and all of these things. And I'm like my mom. And it wasn't until I came back 
and God revealed to me all of that was happening because I decided to run away from God, rebel. But look who God placed in my life. Had I not grown up in this home, had she not have been my mother, God would have sent somebody else to pray. But knowing that it's my mother, I'm all the more appreciative and grateful um, because she will always be here. And the day when she is not, you know, God bless her soul that she will be up in heaven with God. But I, I'm thankful for the days that I have now. And I'm so appreciative. And for anyone who, who has a mother, who has a, a spiritual mother or someone in their life who is praying, don't take them for granted. It's so important. Um, growing up in the church, you always hear, read your Bible, pray every day. But the, the prayer aspect, I've, I've looked at it in a whole different light. Now that I've seen the result of prayer, I'm living it. I'm, I'm a living witness, right? I'm a product of grace. I always say that because it's only by God's grace that I'm here today. There's moments where I've literally, I could have told you I, I should have died. I've had a lot of car accidents where um, the police on scene would tell me there's no way that you should be living. Had, had the car moved just an inch more, it would have hit my temple and I should have been dead. Um, things like that where it doesn't make sense. But it's the prayers that God mm -hmm. has sent. He's put my name on people's mind and he's prayed mm -hmm. for me. And, and it's just amazing. Um, so, yeah, my mom. And I, I, she will, she will attest to the whole yelling thing. She probably won't like what I'm saying about it, but it's, it's only God that was able to change. And now my mom is my best friend. I tell my mom everything, the good and the bad. And she will tell people, Michaela has been through a lot because I have, and I'm only 24 and I keep saying that, but it's, it's just God. It's a God given thing. I don't know what else to say. Good. No. Wow. That was tremendous. Um, and I can see how I can, I watched a little bit of that framework in your life. So um, <clears throat> I testify to that. Uh, wow. Okay. So we're, we're, thank you women. We're coming down to the last one. So we're going to be closing off in just a few minutes. And so here's the question, uh, your final thoughts. So people have been listening to you, men, women, uh, maybe even teenagers uh, who have been listening to you there are different phases in their lives. And so from where you stand today, can you just give one last word? So if you uh, take, take just a minute and what would you like to say to somebody who's been going through something similar to what you're going through right now? So I'm going to start with you, Michaela. What would you say? Uh, just look to them and tell them what would you want to say? I would say that whatever situation that you're in, whether it's good, whether it's hard, it's not, know that if you're praying for God to change it, if he doesn't change it, then he's cultivating something in you so that it changes you. Amen. And I've learned that, that your prayers, sometimes we pray the wrong things and it's with the right lens that you're able to, to see what God is doing in, in every season. There's always a lesson in every season. So always ask God, Lord, what are you teaching me? I may go through the hardships, but am I supposed to come out the same way or am I supposed to come out? Somewhere different. Mm, good. Michelle, a final word. Somebody maybe could really relate to your situation. What will you say? First of all, I want to say that God is still in the healing business. He restores marriages. He so don't give up hope if you're in that situation. And a lot of couples have been struggling, especially through this COVID season. Um, keep building your family on the rock of Jesus Christ. 
and he will see you through. But for the men and women who have faced an untimely, unwanted divorce, God's not through with you yet. The best is yet to come. Uh, Pastor Wayne opened up with 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse uh, 19. But I want to go to verse 18 that says, perfect love, his perfect love casts out all fear. If you're facing rejection, if you are facing whatever you're facing, the Lord's love can blow out that. It, it replaces that. It casts out that. And for me, it was rejection, which I didn't know. And I just would encourage you today that whatever shame, whatever pain, whatever darkness you're feeling, depression, and your whatever it is, that his perfect love, you can trust Jesus Christ. Whether you're, if you're a believer, there's no shame. If you don't know Christ, it's simply asking him in your life and just embracing what his work can do for you. But um, I would just encourage you that his love um, casts out all fear and anything else that is trying to keep you from his very best. Wow. Great Valentine's word for today. Um, Carolyn, yeah. you get to bring it home here. What would you say? I say don't do it alone. Uh, yeah. Often we have a tendency when we're hurting, we want to isolate ourselves from others. You know, shame wants Good. to do that. And you, the more we just bring things into the light, mm -hmm. you know, you find a brother, a sister, a friend that you can take this journey with. You bring it into the light and it just starts to lose its hold and its grip. The lies are revealed. You work with somebody to, to bring truth. So, and don't settle. You keep going, you know, don't settle. Amen. Well, you know, my anger issues is much better than what it was. No, you keep going for what God has purposed and planned in your life. And, um, and you'll, he will just, he will do exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. And you know what? You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to know what it's going to look like in a year or five years. I know a lot of um, personal growth things were to plan all of these things. You haven't got a clue. You don't know what tomorrow has in store. You just hold tight to Jesus. He's the way to the Father. Get, you know, just just grow in trust, but find people to do the journey with. Don't do it alone. Okay. Amen. Wow. Okay, I think we're going to close our time of prayer. Wow, ladies, um, thank you for sharing your story. Once again, I have leaky eye syndrome this morning. And, <laughs> uh, and they're happy tears of what God has done. I I know some of your, your stories and um, you are walking miracles. And, and the thing is that you are ordinary women with an extraordinary God who is intervening Amen. each one Amen. of the situations. And so Amen. for that, you know, there's nobody exempt. I, I don't want anybody on this that is watching this program this morning and says, oh, well, you know, that's good for them, you know, but it's not good for me. We are ordinary people with an extraordinary yes. God who can, whatever the situation be, can intervene. Ladies, let's, let's, let's close in prayer. And these prayers go out to you because God is definitely not done with you or with any of us. So Amen. let's pray. Amen. Father, I just thank you this morning for each one of these precious ladies and for each one watching that, Lord, nobody's situation is helpless or hopeless. Lord, I pray that you would pour into Michaela, 
Lord, the 24-year-olds out there, Lord, wherever they are, Lord, this is a lifeline that you care no matter what they're involved in or what they've done or, or whatever, that God, you are the God that restores. And, and you give back more than we could ever think that we're going to lose. Amen. Amen. And Lord, I, I just pray for Michelle and, and the, the women or the men out there who have had an untimely divorce or separation, that God, you are in control, that you look after us yes. and our kids. Lord, yes. I pray that you would bring that scaffolding um, in around these people, in around any of us that will help us to get our feet under us, to, to even lift our chin, to see that God cares about what we're going through. And Father, for the Carolines, uh, Lord, yes. they're set ablaze. Oh, and and yes. Lord, you, you send them out to the nations. Yes. Father, I pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit Thank you Jesus. for opening the doors that oh, you God. have opened. Shut up. You have set on this life. Jesus. And Lord, that, that there's those that are saying, how could God ever use me? And, and I, I know in, in Carolyn had said, who am I? That God would be mindful of me. That's right. And Lord, I've been there. That Lord, you wonder how you could use us. Yes. And, and when, when we reveal our brokenness, we think that it's going to destroy us. Yes. But God, you take right. it and you, and you ignite yes. it. <laughs> it's not going to destroy us. It's going to bring Amen. light to the kingdom of God. And Lord, Amen. I thank you for what you are doing through these women. And that Lord, whoever hears this message this morning, ignite yes. this. Give yes. them plan and the purpose that you will you will put them in the places where they've questioned who am I that God is mindful of me and God says yes and amen and I pray this in Jesus name amen and amen 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 well wow so um well to all of you happy valentine's <laughs> And uh, Michelle, who's joined us from all the way from Newmarket, Michaela, all the way from Alliston, and Carolyn joining us. Uh, what time is it now in the Ukraine, Carolyn? I'm seven hours ahead, so 6.30 in the evening. 6.30, 6.30. That's why we couldn't do an afternoon, because Carolyn would have to get up <laughs> so, in the middle of the night. So, uh, Carolyn, thank you for joining us from the Ukraine. And just a word, we will uh, be making uh, anybody who would like to help support Carolyn. She's over there for the better part of a year. She got over there right before they did all the lockdown on purpose, so she could stay there and minister. <laughs> crazy lockdown. Good move, Carolyn. Good move. And uh, she, uh, she's probably one of the most gifted people I know with languages. Um, and so um, we're going to be loaves of love. Uh, we're going to be giving that information to people in our church. And so those who are part of Aurora Cornerstone, uh, you can see that on our church newsletter. We'll let you know how to support this ministry, uh, particularly Carolyn. Uh, just keeping her where she needs to be without any worries or fears. Amen. Well, ladies, thank you so much. And it's been again a delight. Uh, keep in touch. Uh, let us know what your stories, how they continue to transform. 
Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Wayne Laurie. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.